0: Hello and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times of the COVID-19 pandemic, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Jackie Norris, president and CEO of Goodwill of Central Iowa, joins us on the podcast today. So now, obviously your current role, president and CEO. And the only reason why I I don't go into more is because I think uh, you giving your bio in this instance um, will sound way better and do it way more justice than I could do it. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, Jackie, um, I would appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, Mike, thank you. Um, I'm standing here at Goodwill headquarters in Johnston, Iowa, and thinking of everybody and hope everybody's safe and healthy. I, uh, I've had this amazing career, um, and it's one that when I was born and even when I was in college, don't think I, I completely um, had it mapped out but um, my my background is in politics and government, education and working with organizations and people and empowering them to be their best self and um, accomplish big things. Um, you know I always laugh I If you looked at my resume, you see this zigzag line of things that don't all fit. Um, My background is political science. I have an undergraduate and a master's degree in political science. Um, My first job was working for one of the first female members of Congress, Louise Slaughter. Um, She was from upstate New York and taught me just about everything I know about politics and legislation and how to get what you want when you want it. Um, and, uh, along the way in my time in Washington had the chance to work, uh, for Al Gore and Andrew Cuomo, who many people have now been reading a lot about. He's the current governor of the state of New York. Um, and, uh, the coolest inflection point for me in politics was when I said, you know what, I'm sick of Washington, D.C., and I need to be inspired, and I need to um, reconnect with why I love politics so much. And I was sent here to Iowa uh, to work for Tom Vilsack, and that began my my long love affair with this great state, um, having worked for Tom Vilsack, and then, um, again, working on presidential campaigns for Al Gore. Um, and then I fell in love, not just with the state, and decided to stay, but, but met my husband along the way, and... Um, At that point, um, became a teacher. Um, I realized that I loved working with young people. I was so passionate about um, their, um, their drive and their questions. And I taught high school government. I always tell people I'm going to retire teaching um, government, whether it's at the community college or the high school level. But I I think it's so important people understand how to access their government and speak up and advocate for themselves. Um, And so then it's no surprise that I got the itch and um, heard about some guy named Barack Obama and um, decided to work on his campaign, was one of the early leaders on his campaign here in Iowa. And played a role in his historic victory um, in the presidency um, and then got kind of pulled to Washington, D.C., where I served as Michelle Obama's White House chief of staff and also led the president's initiative on national service to get more people to volunteer in their communities. Um, After a few years of that type of work, I went to um, work at a nonprofit called Points of Light. Some of you may have heard it was established by George H.W. Bush, and it was um, dedicated to recognizing the great spirit of individuals volunteering in their community. Um, I s- I'll stop there and say, along the way, we took a little sabbatical. My husband um, got a super cool job in Italy. Um, I went along for the ride, and we took our three kids, and I managed to teach American political science. And I uh, from there, we were homesick after two years, came back, and I landed probably just about the coolest job ever, and that is here at Goodwill of Central Iowa.
0: See, so for those of you uh, out there listening, I told you I could not have put, I couldn't have given that justice. I it, it had to come from you. So thank you for sharing that. So now with those roles, and especially reporting to the Commander-in-Chief of the yeah. United States of America, I'm sure you had... Uh, one, maybe maybe just one or two challenges uh, that you had to overcome. Um, if you could talk about maybe a couple of those, whether in that role or other roles that, that come to mind, uh, think about sometimes you had some tough challenges where you were just like, all right, wait a minute. What what am I getting myself into? And how am yeah. I going to get myself out of it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I am drawing a parallel to a memory that I have and it's incredibly vivid um, when I worked in the White House, um, one of the things that happened was a morning meeting where the senior team would come together, uh, and just go around the room and talk about what was going on. So you, know, you had a White House chief of staff, you had, um, lots of very important high level leaders that I admired. Um, it was quite intimidating being in that room to be quite honest and, um, It was right after the inauguration. Um, And the parallel is the moment in time uh, that we were in was um, in much the same way, very similar to the moment in time we're in now. Um, Some might say it's even worse. Um, the recession was flaring uh, in January of 2009, and you had a lot of super smart people sitting around a table looking at each other and saying, this is a moment I've never been in before. And um, and I think in much the same way as I just sat with my leadership team and board and said, this is like nothing we've ever sat through before, thought through before, or lived through before. Um, and, and yet what I know is we're going to get through it. You get through it. Um, you just have to, um, work a little harder and think a little different, but, but we got through it. And so, you know, it is, um, I think the most important thing is it's easy to spin in moments like this. It's easy to feel like you're totally out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what you have to do is, you know, you put one foot in front of the other and you make a list and you, you know, you, you make the plan and you work the plan. So, you know, I could talk more about other memories if you'd like, but but that was a parallel that I would draw that I think was really significant.
0: Okay. And even to to take that example and maybe to, to take it a step further, um, obviously you had people that you had to report to, but I'm sure that you also had people that reported to you during that time. What were some of the things that, uh, that you did to kind of help your team morale, uh, help them get through the situation that nobody had ever experienced before?
1: It's a great question. Um, I am an incredibly transparent person. And so I think it's really important to share as much as you can. Um, I will say that sometimes maybe I can overshare and, and by that meaning by oversharing, it can sound scary. And so I think I, I learned a little bit about being as transparent as you could, um, but understanding the consequences of being too transparent. Um, because for some people, that is scary. And and you really have to be thoughtful about their ability to process information. Um, I think it's really interesting um, for me, compassion is something that um, is critical. Um, You know, I tend to move fast. I can process things fast. I'm comfortable with change. It just, it's how I'm built. Not everybody is built that way. And so it's really important as a leader. And during that time, you know, people were unclear about what they were supposed to be doing um, and what their role is. And there were so many unknowns about um the roles that they were playing and so we spent a lot of time talking about operating in the gray Um, and it's interesting because on my desk here i have an elastic uh, it's a rubber band and i spend a lot of time getting myself to operate in gray to be comfortable operating in gray and I'm a very logical black and white person. And so we build that muscle a lot um, with the team um, about operating in a lot of unknowns.
0: Thank you for sharing those those tips. Because, uh, again, for those of you listening, we're, we're trying to provide ways and things that, you know, again, having never been through this situation before, um, ways to help you guys out. So there are definitely some good tips within, within what uh, Jackie just said. The other thing I have to ask you is being in the leadership role can be mentally and physically draining. I'm quite sure, you know, long days, decisions that may not make everyone happy, uh, decisions that that do make people happy, you know, goes both ways. How do you, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, how do you turn the switch off at the end of the day? If that's even possible, what are some of the things you do? I know we've had some other leaders on, you know, that have talked about yoga and music or maybe a good bottle of wine or, or something like that. How do you keep that, uh, that mental stability um, at an optimal level so that you can be a good leader?
1: Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm struggling. Um, I think the first week for me, we had to to make some pretty massive and quick furloughs and, you know, these are individuals that, uh, you know, th- they really need us. They need employment. They need stability um, so that was pretty hard. Uh, it was pretty hard for me to keep it together, uh, and and yet I did it. And I have to say, I don't, I don't say this very often about myself. I'm very proud of how we did it. We spent a lot of time looking at people in the eye, making sure that they understood how much we cared for them, but also that we had to make some business decisions. Um, but that haunted me for a while and I am used my board actually. And I would encourage other people to do the same, um, just to call and listen, uh, because you know, leadership can be pretty lonely and you, you can be vulnerable, um, but you also have to be strong for your team. And so I was able to call a board member and talk through it, and and just and cry, and and navigate through it, and and yet know that I was making the right decision. And um, so it was pretty rocky in the beginning. Um, I did resort to a lot of the things other people talked about, whether it was yoga or a bottle of wine. Sleep comes really hard. Uh, I think a lot of people right now are having a hard time sleeping. Right. And- as a leader if I don't sleep, I am um I, I struggle. Um I struggle to to keep it all together. And so really putting a lot of emphasis on sleep. Um, now what I do and it's actually been a great tactic for me to stay connected, um, not just, you know, we've got a we've got a business to focus on. And I say that we're a nonprofit, but but everybody behaves like a business. Um, but I can't lose sight of our employees and how deeply I care about them and I'm worried about them. So I take these long walks and I call our employees and just check in, just checking in, see how they're doing. Um, we have a food pantry here. Um, I'm hearing really cool things and actually it's bringing me a lot of joy. i you know, I was just on the phone with an employee and they had a new baby and he's been able to spend time with their new baby. Nice. Um, we have a an employee who's working from home and she got to see the first steps of her child and she had never seen that before she had missed the other kids because they had been at daycare so I'm finding a lot of silver lining um, in in all of this
0: I appreciate you uh, sharing the raw side too because I want what we want people to understand that are listening is that, it's not all stars and glitter being a leader. So I appreciate the raw emotion. And I think our listeners will be able to feel that emotion um, that you just shared with us. So again, just really appreciative of that. And so Jackie, I know you're busy. So to, to kind of wrap things up here, if you had, you know, two to three lessons from any of your past experiences that you would advise people use as they deal through this or that you're using yourself as we kind of navigate our way through COVID-19, what would those be?
1: Um, So it's funny. I pulled out this chart because um, this is something that one of my board members shared with me. Um, He is a CEO of a, of a small company. uh, And I invited him onto the board because I wanted a CEO mentor and somebody who was living it um, the same way that I was living it, just in a different type of organization. And I was feeling like I wasn't wasn't using my time very wisely uh, last week. And he shared this chart, and if you can imagine, just make four boxes, four mental boxes. Um, The first two boxes, it says, act now to protect and run the business today. And it's really focused on tactics that are about safety and security of your people, of your customers. And it's about business continuity. Some business just has to keep going. Uh, It doesn't matter what's happening. But the second box, which is really where everybody needs to focus on. And as a leader, I really need to focus on is the one that says plan now to retool the business for the future recovery and the new normal. And I'll tell you, these these words are really scary, but listen to this. It says, prepare the company and strategy to adjust to accelerated structural changes resulting from a pandemic-driven deep recession. I mean, to me, as I think about it, my sole job, in addition to being as compassionate and supportive and caring a leader I can be, is to get our organization focused on the future. You know, people keep talking about the new normal. Um, This is a true moment of clarity for me as it should be for other leaders. And I'm actually kind of excited about it. Um, Is it scary? Do I hate that we're here? Absolutely. But I think my advice to people as they're thinking about this moment is just seize it uh, and, and embrace it and thrive.
0: She's Jackie Norris, President and CEO of Goodwill of Central Iowa. Jackie, thank you so much for sharing your time today. Like I said, I know you're busy, so we'll let you get back to it. But uh, stay healthy and uh, stay positive, And we look forward to uh, maybe talking with you again in the future.
1: Thanks, Mike.
0: Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit DSMPartnership.com.